Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. It is my show, and we're going to move on to cheerier time. Topics, shall we? The phone number is 877-973-7425. Uh, if you want to be a part of the program, um, James uh, emails and seems to think I'm advocating vandalism and burning down the police department. You've already know I think the town itself uh, should, should raise the building, clear out the ground, spread salt, and in a different part of the town, uh, put up a new building and hire new people. Um, I'm not encouraging vandalism, and I don't know what Twisted Mind thinks that I am. Uh, I'm certainly encouraging the community to clear out and restart. Now, uh, I want to start with phone calls. Uh, hear from you people. You all can cheer us up. I'm going to start with Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the program honor to talk to you sir thank you thanks for calling in yeah just wanted to got a lot of different things running through my mind but i uh, want to let you know this i do um me and my wife have a son that's a border patrol agent and we were able to spend some time with him just recently uh and it's 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 ironic to listen to him talk uh he went through the academy in new mexico back during covid made it through the academy, and uh, he was able to work border through, uh, for several months uh, with Trump in office. And he said, Dad, you know, everything was clean cut. You knew what to do, how to do it, who to answer to. And he said, Dad, since uh, the Biden administration has taken hold, he said, uh, everything's debacle. There's nothing that's clear. A lot of the agents... Uh, have trouble understanding uh, who to answer to, uh, and I think it. I think it ultimately just goes back to the top. If you don't have the right people uh, in the top positions, then everything falls apart going yep. down the hill. Yeah, and, and, and uh, it's, you know, Jeff, I got to tell you. So I had on Congressman Chuck Fleischman yesterday afternoon. He's the ranking Republican on the Appropriations Committee for Homeland Security. And he was talking about how there's so many good people who work in Homeland Security, but it's exactly what you just said, that it's the people at the top uh, who are completely incompetent. And Fleischman, if you paid attention to how he was talking, he wasn't even blaming the Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas. He was blaming the people at the White House who tell Mayorkas what he's got to do. Um, and I got to tell you, I've talked to bunches of Republican members of Congress. And to a person, every single Republican member of Congress I've talked to has said, if Mayorkas 
were left to his own devices, the Department of Homeland Security would be a well-run organization. But based on their insider information, uh, he is not really in charge of it. It's people at the White House who are, who desperately despise uh, the Border Patrol, uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and everything else. And he's doing, Mayorkas is doing the best he can to keep the organization together in favor of a hostile White House. Uh, and what one member of Congress told me is that if you get Mayorkas behind the scenes, behind closed doors, he will unload on what the problems are. But he is loyal to Biden and won't say so publicly. Um, one of the one of the guys I talked to said that the, he he's got money writing on the fact that when Mayorkas leaves, he's the first guy to write the tell-all book about how bad it actually yeah. is. So, like for example, well, so I don't know if you've heard this, Jeff. Uh, you know the Border Patrol agents who had the whips or the, the, they were there with the horses. They were accused of whipping the illegal immigrants, and and they they wouldn't. Um, well, they were yeah. cleared of it. And now they still may face penalties, even though they were cleared of it. And from what I'm being told, Mayorkas is fighting on their behalf, and it's the White House that's trying to appeal to some Hispanic group to try to help them with Hispanic voters, and they're the ones who are pushing discipline of the Border Patrol agents. Uh, Eric, it's so ironic. I sit there and listen to it. Do you know that they are, and I don't know if they're required or asked to, but they're required to put their uniforms on, and take them off whenever they come into work and whenever they leave. Good Lord. That, that to me, that t- to me tells me that something is wrong with the system. And, and, and I was talking to our son, and I, and, and I asked him about the school shooting. And he just, he said, Dad, he said, we do, we do a class in the academy that if something like that happens and you get to the scene, Within a minute, you try to access what's happening, going on. But when you get there and you hear gun shooting inside the building, you don't even stop. You grab your weapon and you go in that building Mm -hmm. because you know that there's something going on. Yep. He said, you don't even think about it. It, And he said that thing was a total disaster how that that happened. Um, One last point, then I'll leave you. I was... As me and my wife were taking him back to the airport, we were sitting there eating lunch, and we always say a prayer. And uh, and halfway through the prayer, I just glanced, and most everybody was looking at us. And it's so ironic to me. I got to thinking about that this week. You know, whenever when everything's going fine, we forget about who God and who Jesus Christ is. Mm-hmm. But when things start to screw up and things go wrong in our life and somebody's sick or somebody's got cancer or have a child in the hospital, then the first thing that you start to see everybody do is start to pray. And I think that's where we're missing it. I think that's where we're missing it. Yeah, look, I, 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 I'm like this in my own life confessionally. When things are going good, you, you, I, I, I say my prayers at night, but throughout the day, um, don't find myself talking to God nearly as much as when things are bad. And right now, there are a whole lot of people praying, a um, whole lot of people in the country who haven't in a long time starting to realize they got to. Jeff, thank you for the phone call. My best to you, son. Uh, God bless him for what he's doing. You know, it, it's so interesting to me uh, to hear you calling and the number of Border Patrol agents down in Texas in particular who are in Hispanic families down there. And that seems to be one of the biggest drivers of the Hispanic vote towards the GOP is is so many of them – 
work for Immigration and Customs Enforcement down in Texas, and they're seeing the Biden administration's treatment of them. They're becoming Republicans, the whole family. Uh, John, I'm going to go to you next. Welcome to the program. Hey, Eric. How are you doing? Good. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. I was uh, thinking the other day, and uh, I came up with a uh, solution to this identity uh, identity politics uh, problem that we have in this nation. All right. Uh, the, Demo- the Democrats are all about self-identification, and if I identify as such, then I am such. So can you imagine the problem that the government would have if every citizen in this nation self-identified as already having paid too much in taxes and that they're not going to pay any more, <laughs> and that they also did not own enough guns and that they needed to buy more guns for themselves for self-protection. Can you imagine the problem that the country would have with that t- type of self-identification? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, you're not allowed. It's like if you're a white person, you're not allowed to identify as a black person uh, for reasons that they can't really explain. Uh, and if you're a black person, you can identify as a white person. Uh, it, it, it makes no sense. None of this stuff makes any sense. You might as well start uh, having your guns identify as hot dogs and, and demand the government subsidize and give you more of them because, I mean, none of it makes any sense. And, you know, John, that this is the perfect segue because it's what I wanted to talk about. I, I got I to gotta play for you guys some audio. This is from April. No, no, no. This is from May of last year. This is May of last year. This was a hearing in the United States House of Representatives about uh, women, particularly women of the black community, and uh, access to health care. Keep in mind, again, this is a hearing in the run-up to Mother's Day last year about uh, minority women and access to health care. And these are the Democrats talking. As we go into Mother's Day weekend, let us recommit our efforts and support to ensure that every birthing person across this nation is empowered and feels safe. We have not created an infrastructure to support birthing people. All pregnant and birthing people deserve to be treated with love. Birthing while black should not be a death sentence. Health equity for black birthing people is attainable. Mothers and babies and black birthing people are important. We desperately need long-term fixes to support the healthcare needs of black women and birthing people. The most marginalized, Black and Indigenous birthing people. To systemically shift the way we approach health care for birthing people of color. And respectful of Black women and birthing people. The maternal mortality crisis among Black birthing people in the United States. Black birthing people and birthing people. For birthing people. Black birthing people. And our Black birthing persons. For all birthing persons in Louisiana. That birthing people want doulas and midwives. And support for birthing people during the postpartum period. There are not enough black workers of color, leaving black birthing people with limited autonomy or opportunity to receive racially concordant care. Protect black birthing people and to save lives. Thank you and I yield back. Birthing people. Now there was a lot of mockery and outrage that in the run up to Mother's Day, the progressive Democrats in the House of Representatives got rid of pregnant moms and went with birthing people. So you know what they rapidly shifted to is pregnant people. Pregnant people. The left shifted to pregnant people. I noticed today Axios, which is a mainstream media outlet, is one of multiple outlets today uh, referencing research on pregnant people. Not pregnant women, but pregnant people. Pregnant people. What I find so remarkable 
about how they're eliminating the uniqueness of women is how it's driving at a cultural level Hispanic voters into the GOP and not just Hispanic voters, but a growing number of black voters as well because of this upper income insanity. It reminds me of Van Jones on CNN. I played you this audio yesterday. I mean, a party of the very high and the very low. Uh, if you could pull out the working class, you've got people who are very well educated and very well off. Those people talk funny. Latinx, I've never met a Latinx. I've never met a BIPOC. I've never met, you know, all this, this weird stuff that these highly educated people say is bizarre. Nobody talks that way at the barbershop, the nail salon, uh, the, 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 uh, the grocery store, uh, the community center. But that's how we talk now. So that's weird. And then the people who are very low down on the economic ladder need a bunch of stuff. You wind up over-promising, oh, we're going to give you reparations to, to people at the bottom of the economic ladder, talking weird to appeal to people at the top of the economic ladder, and the working class walks away from you. That is the danger we're facing. That's exactly the danger they're facing. Well, you know who's in on this stunt now? The Navy. The United States Navy is going there. This is their training video. This was leaked. This is real. The Navy has admitted it. This is real. Hi, my name is Johnny, and I use he, him pronouns. Hi, and I'm Kanchi, and I use she, her pronouns. And we're here to talk about pronouns. What is a pronoun? pronoun is how we identify ourselves apart from our name and it's also how people refer to us in conversations. Using the right pronouns is a really simple way to affirm someone's identity. It is a signal of acceptance and respect. The United States Navy, ladies and gentlemen. I thought it was a joke, but it's not. Um, that is actually the Navy putting that out. Uh, where is this? Um, this is uncovered by the, um, Washington free beacon. The United States Navy is training its members to create safe spaces by using proper gender pronouns. Here's a little more. Three good things about the person using their pronouns. So let's say the person chooses to use day, hmm. then you will in your mind go, they have a nice shirt. They have a nice smile. They are really smart. So that kind of sticks in your brain. That is so helpful. Um, I want to know, what would I do if I want to know someone's gender identity or pronouns? The most important thing is do not pressure anybody into giving you their pronouns. Some people may be going through the process of discovery and they are not ready yet to tell you what their pronouns are, and that's okay. Oh, good Lord. You know who doesn't care about your pronouns? The Chinese Navy, the Russian Navy. They don't care. This is the United States Navy pushing this nonsense, modeled after a children's show, no less. Absolutely ridiculous. Ladies and gentlemen, the Biden administration. And this is why a red wave is coming. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing and I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, more importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, 
Um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, you can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You could even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, you can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it, and I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member Fin Recipic. Hello there. It's Eric Erickson. The phone number here is 877-973-7425. Remember, it is election day around the country in Georgia, where I am. There are runoffs today. Uh, statewide, if you're a Democrat, in, in select areas, if you're a Republican. If you're in the 6th, the Cobb County area, go vote for Rich McCormick, please. Please go vote for Rich McCormick. If you're in the 10th, go please vote for Mike Collins. If you're in the 2nd, you got two great candidates. I'm supporting Jeremy Hunt. Um, get Rich McCormick elected, please. I mean, I, I like his opponent too, by the way. He's a great guy, but Rich is just a really dear friend of mine, and I would love to see him uh, get to Congress. But nonetheless, regardless, um, I, I, I want to take a moment here. I've actually been meaning to do a whole segment on this, but I can get this in here. Have you guys heard about the, the Google engineer uh, programmer who has become convinced that Google's AI, artificial intelligence, has become sentient, that it's now a life form of some kind. Can I just note this is crazy talk, but a lot of people believe it. And there is almost a, a single circle in the Venn diagram of people who are atheists and people who believe that the robot overlords are coming. It's religion for people who say they're not religious. What Google says is that this AI has processed so much text to learn how to communicate in ways that make it look like it's a life form. This guy, they don't want to say he's an idiot, but apparently an idiot, um, believes that the AI is now sentient. Uh, this guy apparently was also a progressive activist who caused trouble for conservatives of the companies, if I'm remembering the story right. And, and now Google has tossed the guy uh, for some internal problems, and he's trying to claim that he is a whistleblower, that the, the machine has, is alive now. I, I just, I've, I've always thought it was funny from Elon Musk to others who, who are not people who believe in any sort of deity. Uh, they've uh, substituted themselves as the deity and, and believe they have the power to create life. And what's so fascinating to me is that uh, a lot of these very same people don't recognize life at conception unless it's on Mars. Uh, you, you can't kill the Martian bacteria because it's life, but uh, kill the, the embryo for sure. Uh, none of this stuff makes sense. You cannot logically reconcile it, and yet they try, much like the left in this country is reacting to this Supreme Court decision, um, Carson versus Macon, that it, it's discriminatory 
uh, to not discriminate against the religious in this country, that somehow the government can discriminate against religious people and it's not discrimination. We're, we're watching a worldview of progressivism form in real time as a religion, and it hasn't yet worked out its orthodoxies. It hasn't yet worked out its heresies. It hasn't worked out its theology. Uh, you know, when the Christian church formed after the resurrection, the Christians would regularly get together in councils and guided, they believe, by the Holy Spirit, refined their ideas so that there is a great consistency within Christendom. Uh, and the people who try to point out the inconsistencies actually tend to not know what they're talking about, that many of the things they say are inconsistent have been refined over 2,000 years, and there's a logic in the argument if you pay attention to it. What we're watching in real time with the left these days is instead of going to councils of Nicaea, they're going to uh, committee rooms and clubhouse and on Twitter where they're yelling at each other, canceling each other, and trying to burn the heretics as they refine an orthodoxy that believes that we are now the gods who have created thinking machines and the robot overlords are one day going to enslave us as payback or some such. It's a religious theological view from these people, and it's all absolutely bat poop crazy. But this is the progressive left in America. They really do think the robot army is coming to take us. Um, again, it is the people who don't believe in God will believe anything, including the coming robot overlords who are going to enslave the population. Soylent Green is people. I'm a longtime customer of Bull and Branch. I love their sheets. I sleep very comfortably, very coolly underneath them. I don't like to get hot when I sleep. They're very, very breathable. They're very, very soft, and they get softer with every wash as well. Bolin brand sheets, they're not just buttery, breathably, and possibly comfortable and softer with every wash. You don't even have to worry about the thread count there because they use the best threads possible, and you can tell by the quality of the sheets. I highly recommend you get some. My wife and I, you know, she heard the ads on other shows. She doesn't listen to my podcast, and she wanted them, and then we got some, and we've fallen in love with them. We've got them on a lot of the beds in our house. They use the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness and a better night's sleep. They're so luxurious. They're beloved by three American presidents, and they got over 10,000 reviews, all of which are fantastic reviews. And right now, you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolinBranch.com. That's BolinBranch. B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. All right, I'm scheduling the recipe for tomorrow. Um, 1.35 p.m., how about that? So if you text recipe to 33777 before 1.30 tomorrow, you'll get the recipe. It's bacon and tomato pizza bread. Basically, it's focaccia with tomato sauce on top. And in the last minute in the oven, so the tomato has cooked on top. It's gotten kind of brown, and so it's sweetened up. You cover it in bacon, and then you eat it. It's delicious. I'm making it for the front porch this Sunday. I need to do a cookbook, don't I, of just the stuff that I make for the front porch on Sundays. Uh, one day, one day, maybe I'll do a cookbook. All right, I'm going to go to the phones. Joe has been waiting patiently. Joe, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Thank you, Eric. My question is, I'd like your opinion of why the oil companies in total don't take to the pulpit, so to speak, and refute all these disingenuous comments from the White House. 
Oh, you know, I have long wondered this question. Uh, I will tell you, and I, I, I disagree with the answer I've been told, Joe, uh, but I've been told by one of the guys at the American Petroleum Institute that uh, there, there's no point. Uh, and the reason there's no point is because they know so much of uh, the press core and the White House and, and everybody else is aligned against them that the truth doesn't actually matter. So why bother? Uh, I disagree with them. I, I think they should push back on it. They should get the facts, um, but they just they don't think it's, it's worth the time. And they're also trying very hard to sound not political. And so if they go after the Biden administration, immediately they've alienated a significant portion of the country, which I think they've already alienated them. I, I fundamentally disagree with their answers on this, but I also understand why they're why they're doing it. I do get that. Um, but I think they should fight. Now, I, I got to go dig into this story here. This is uh, The Atlantic, or not The Atlantic, I'm sorry, The New Yorker. The New Yorker is doing a hit job on Ron DeSantis, written by Dexter Filkins. Dexter Filkins on Ron DeSantis. The headline is, Can Ron DeSantis Displace Donald Trump as the GOP's Combatant-in-Chief? A fervent opponent of mask mandates and woke ideology, the Florida governor channels the same rage as the former president, but with greater discipline. Um, let me give you the bottom line story on this New Yorker piece. Actually, uh, DeSantis's uh, spokeswoman sums it up the best. Ron DeSantis is a middle-class kid who grew up and joined the military, got out of the military, did well in politics without getting rich off the system, ignores political contributors to do what is right by the people overall, and so he's really weird. That really is ultimately the attack on Ron DeSantis. That You know what his net worth is? It's like $300,000. It's mostly because of a home the man is literally like one of the poorest men in politics. He gets massive campaign contributions from contributors and then doesn't do what they want when he thinks a different policy is right and that makes the donors mad. And so the donors have gone screaming to the liberal media to say how betrayed they feel that they gave him a lot of money and he didn't do what they wanted. One of his quote-unquote friends from college and high school complained that Ron DeSantis had the audacity to not allow the guy to cheat off him in school. Literally, that's one of the complaints. One of the advisors, former advisors to Ron DeSantis, complained that DeSantis was unfazed by media criticism. This is an actual quote. Uh, we were getting crucified over COVID, but to him it was just noise. Ron's strength as a politician is that he doesn't give a blankety blank. His weakness is that he doesn't give a blank. Big donors, he doesn't give a blank. Cancels on them all the time. How is this supposed to make me hate the guy? 
Let me give you uh, one of the other quotes. Uh, hang on a second. I got to find this quote. Um, where is this? A buddy of mine highlighted it for me. Yeah, yeah, this is an actual quote. This is an actual quote that's supposed to be a criticism of Ron DeSantis. He's totally selfish, but stupid, smart, and creative. He is only focused on getting the job done and isn't a people person. How is that supposed to be an attack? This is the problem here. The New Yorker is writing for people who are progressives. And progressives have bought into the cult of personality more than Republicans have, even with Trump. And they want the rich guy. They want the smooth talker, although they got Biden. They want someone, the celebrities in Hollywood worship. And they want someone they can bully and push around, which they got in Biden. And here comes Ron DeSantis, a guy who is willing to tell you to go to hell and then help you learn how to get there. Listen, I I, I am trying trying, trying to stay very neutral for 2024. I don't have a dog in the fight. A number of my friends will run for president of the United States. Ron DeSantis is actually one I don't know. I have maybe had one conversation with Ron DeSantis in my life. Tom Cotton is uh, laying the groundwork to run in 2024. I I think the world of Tom Cotton. Uh, text that guy all the time. He's wonderful. Nikki Haley has been a friend of mine since 2008, 2009. I've known Nikki Haley a very long time, and she and her husband are dear friends of mine. I have known Ted Cruz about as long as I've known Nikki Haley. I don't know Josh Hawley well. He says he's not running for president. I kind of think he is. Uh, I know a number of these guys who will run for president in 2024, and I like them all. I don't know Christy Nome very well. I've never been a big fan of hers. Um, She wants to run. DeSantis is, is, of all of them, the one I know the least. But I also am a student of history, and this reminds me right now the feeling does so much of the year 2000. In 1998, George W. Bush was running for re-election in Texas. And it was already in 1998, during the Clinton impeachment, all that stuff, it was pretty obvious that the Republican Party was looking to Texas for rescue. And people started gravitating towards George W. Bush. Now, he, 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 he didn't have a clear field. There are a lot of people ran against him in 2000. John McCain, chief among them. But the Republican Party was, was rallying towards Texas by 2000. And there's something similar feels like it's happening this year and now. Uh, the Republican Party feels, rightly or wrongly, the Republican Party feels like it's gravitating towards Florida and DeSantis, where there are lots of good people running, 
but the party just seems to be looking at DeSantis. Now, there are lots of people who say Trump's going to run again, Trump's going to run again. And to be sure, the media is trying to pick a feud between Trump and DeSantis in large part because the media's calculation, the New Yorker's calculation, is that if you can beat Ron DeSantis now, he can't run in 2024. And Democrats are really scared of Ron DeSantis. They're absolutely scared of Ron DeSantis. Uh, they're scared of Ron DeSantis, you know, because of how much invective and, and hate they give to Ron DeSantis and have for some time, particularly over COVID when the governor of New York uh, was letting senior citizens die in nursing homes and Ron DeSantis actually studied the science, knew the research and was protecting them. They don't like DeSantis because they can see momentum building his way and the Democrats are right now doing everything they can to throw everything at him to stop him in his gubernatorial reelection. Very much, by the way, like they did to George W. Bush in 1998. The national media went after George W. Bush in 1998, throwing everything and the kitchen sink at him to try to hurt him in Texas. He had beaten their beloved Ann Richards in 1994. Here he is up for re-election four years later, and they were just out to destroy him because they knew that if they couldn't, he would run for president in 2000 and be formidable. They're doing the same thing to Ron Sanders. This is history repeating itself. It's not an endorsement of DeSantis to state the obvious. The media thinks he is the big one for 2024, more so than even Trump. Now, the big other issue here is Trump in 2024. I personally think that Donald Trump is doing himself no favors in a lot of his endorsements. Uh, he's not going to be able to win Georgia. A Trump run gives Georgia to the Democrats. More likely than not, although I don't know, Biden's so unpopular. I don't think Biden can run again. I, I, I mean, my big issue with Trump and Biden, well, on Trump, it's two factors. A lot of people, oh, you just hate Donald Trump. No, I've got two rational, reasonable issues with Donald Trump running in 2024. One is he already lost to Joe Biden. Two is if he wins, he can only serve four years. You can't undo the damage that Joe Biden's doing in these four years with just a four-year term. You need eight. Trump is the only person, literally the only Republican on planet Earth who can run in 2024 and will only be able to have four years in office. Any other Republican who runs has the potential for eight years. But then I've got one other issue here, age. Age. Can we stop electing 70, late 70s people, people over 75? Can we stop electing people over 70? Can we stop electing the old people? No offense, senior citizens, but can we have a Gen Xer, please? Even though I'll take a millennial. Uh, can, can, we, can we be done with the boomers, please? Can we move on to people who are young and know how to use a computer and a cell phone, please, other than the mean tweet? Please, can, can we get someone younger? Donald Trump could constitutionally only serve four more years. Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Tom Cotton, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, Christy Nome, Doug Ducey, uh, you name it, any Republican on planet Earth who runs for president and gets elected has the potential for eight years except for that one guy. And not only are you going to need four years to undo the damage that Joe Biden has done, you're going to need those eight years to reset the nation. And that, I think, is the most compelling reason against a Donald Trump run in 2024 is the limits of what he could do. 
And regardless, I think the media looks at the landscape for the GOP headed into 2024, and they see, much like in 98, 99, the momentum for George W. Bush, they're seeing the momentum building for DeSantis within the GOP. And so they're doing everything they can to throw as much at him as they can to stop him. And if this is the attack, it makes me like the guy. I don't know. He's the one candidate. I have no relationship with Ron DeSantis. He's the one guy I don't text. I don't know anything. I, I don't know him. I, I know some of his staff. They're awesome people, but I don't know DeSantis. What I do know about DeSantis is that the media is scared to death of the guy. And what I do know about DeSantis is that if he runs for president, he's a man of the middle class who grew up in the middle class, who served his nation in the military, got into politics, and has become a highly successful governor of a state and meticulously keeps his promises, even when doing so makes his big donors mad at him. And I think, isn't that the sort of person we want running the country, running in politics? We want people like that. Again, I'm, I'm not endorsing DeSantis. I got good friends who are running. They all get their due. I, I'm hoping next year to have another conference, and I'll invite them all to come make their case. Let them make their case. You hear from them. But I just think the media, if their attack on DeSantis is that he's too normal and too reasonable and keeps too many of his promises, well, you know what? I don't think that attack is going to hurt him. The media has a real hard time just understanding what's going on these days. They're they're too inside their bubble with the Democrats. They need to clear the air. They should probably get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and stick it inside the Democratic bubble, and that might help collapse the bubble on them and, and get them back to reality. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm eliminates odors. Lord knows there are some odors in the Democratic bubble that need to be eliminated. Uh, and the Eden Pure Thunderstorm could do it. It also gets rid of the mold and the mildew and the pollen and the bacteria that floats in the air. It gets rid of the dust in the air. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm, you can get a three-pack by going to EdenPureDeals.com and putting ERIC3 as your discount code, E-R-I-C-K-3. You put it in your discount code, and boom, there you go. You see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm three-pack. You want one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement, or like me, I keep one in my suitcase. If I get to a hotel room or have a rental car that sinks, I can plug it in. It's EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. You get three of them for less than $200. You get all three of them. You're saving $200, and you get free shipping. The website, EdenPureDeals.com, and the discount code is ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. No space. Hi there. Uh, If you're in Georgia, Alabama, or Arkansas listening today, you've got runoffs. If you're in Virginia, you've got your primary today. Good luck to all the candidates. Uh, If you're in Georgia, I've had a couple listeners tweet and said it took less than five minutes to get in and out to vote uh, in the metro Atlanta area as well. So if you can go vote today, um, you go now if you can sneak out of the office for five minutes. Um, it, you go vote. It takes not a lot of time to go vote. And there are some great candidates, Rich McCormick in the 6th, Mike Collins in the 10th, um, Jeremy Hunt in the 2nd, and then up in Forsyth County, you've got Brent Cox and Sherry Gilligan, uh, depending on where you live, uh, running for state house or other races around the state. If you're a Democrat listening in Georgia, you got races in every single county. Uh, in Alabama, you've got, if you're a Republican, in every single county, you got the U.S. Senate runoff there. Hopefully, Mo Brooks wins. Arkansas has a lot of statewide races as well. Um, I, I, real quick, there's a story. Uh, why do we get a, this is from theconversation.com. Why do we get a buzz from being in large groups at festivals, jubilees, and other public events? 
According to the social brain hypothesis, this is because the human brain specifically evolved to support social interaction. Studies have shown that belonging to a group can lead to improved well-being and increased satisfaction with life. Unfortunately, many people are lonely or socially isolated. And if the human brain evolved for social interaction, we should expect this to affect it significantly. Well, it turns out there has been a lot of research lately, including during all the lockdowns. And it turns out that in a study of 7,000 people, those who interacted with other people in person, not online, but in person, those who interacted, their brains worked better. The default mode network, which is active when we're not focusing on the outside world. The salience network, which helps us select what we pay attention to. The subcortical network, uh, which helps us with memory, emotion, and motivation. And the central executive network, which regulates our emotions, all functioned better among people who interacted in person regularly with other people. The moral of the story is uh, we are not meant to be alone, and yet a lot of us have chosen to be alone, have chosen to self-isolate or have had to be isolated because of pandemic and the like, and it is deeply affecting people's actual brains. People's brains are being impacted. Uh, People who are involved in a church group or a civic organization tend to be better adjusted people. Uh, Those who pull themselves away from social outlets tend to be the ones showing cognitive decline. Uh, Not Alzheimer's, uh, just just more and more uh, sociological tendencies that are unhealthy for life. Um, If you know someone who's pulling themselves out of society and doesn't want to be around people, um, there could be something going on. And you yourself got to be around people and make time for in-person with friends. It's good for your brain, all the research now shows.